thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 267 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, July 12th, and made available for download on Tuesday, July 16th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Henry. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry's Megabyte. Right, Henry? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, guard frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at Twitch.tv forward slash GuardFreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Head over to our website, click on the big Patreon logo to help out. You can also help out by volunteering as an audio editor. If you're interested in helping us make us sound like the best damn space sim podcast ever, send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or hit us up on discord.guardfrequency.com. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a quivering wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Henry? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and HCS Voice Packs. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the Flight Deck. 3175 Port Bay Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Frontier Developments made a visit to the strenuously non-naked LiveCon event and gave us a preview of the next six months of updates to Elite Dangerous. Spoiler alert, it's not that much. But don't worry, we'll make 20 minutes of good radio anyway. (laughs) That's great. Star Citizen Alpha 3.6 is in the hands of Wave 2 testers in the PTU. The CitizenCon 2019 is on Wave 2 of ticket sales. And Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is doing a little press and tweeting out on a nightly storyboard of drinking cheap whiskey in a dive bar. So release has got to be close. And HCS Voice Packs announced a major update to both Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous. Verity, do a barrel roll, please. Cannot comply. Hey, Jeff, you want to start us off with the uh, HES voice packs? 
Oh, certainly. I'd love to. Paul, the creator of HCS Voice Packs, has been a guest of our show a couple of times throughout the years, and, and we've always loved his program. And he he's a wonderful gentleman. He, you know, very been very helpful, has given us codes and stuff to, to give to our listeners. And he's he, gotten tons of big stars. That's what I was getting to. Gotten, <laughs> gotten many stars from our favorite uh, sci-fi genres to provide voices for our cockpit experience when we're in the deep black. So I've like got five or six of these uh, uh, voice companions, as I call them. And lately, the latest update has been... Um, the ability to uh, like jumble these all together and, and create an cr- actual crew and they'll actually interact with each other and the latest update has made it so that updates are now automatic um, so oh, when that's he put, good. so when he puts out a, a before it's been download you know go and log into your account download the latest uh, voice pack and if you've got several of them it, it just gets to be a, a you know a couple hour uh, thing to do to update them all so, but now, uh, along with the voice attack software, who he is working hand and fist with, he has been, um, he's now gotten the system to auto update. Um, so go out there. This is fabulous. I mean, controlling your ship with voice, um, even at min- minimally, is just an awesome experience. And, and you really, it really brings some immersion into immersion. the game. Yeah, no, I, it's 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 another one of those sort of game changer deals. Like it's like VR, only this costs like twenty bucks. Yeah, uh, it's like eight bucks for voice attack, and I think the packs are ten or fifteen dollars a piece. Well, for they're fifteen voice. pounds. Um, uh, so I mean, he is in England. So whatever your exchange rate is, is is what what you get. If you subscribe to the newsletters and stuff, you'll you'll see fifty percent sales on. I I picked up another two voice packs uh, last week for at 50% off. That's good so, to know. I'm not I'm not getting their newsletter, but I have a ton of their packs and I would totally take advantage of that. Oh yeah. yeah that's good to know. Yeah, so you mentioned 15 be, pounds. Be, it's worth every cent by the way because it is oh, yeah, so immersive. Awesome. And and v, Tony mentions VR. With VR where you can't see your controls and you can't see your keyboard, it's just a game changer to be able to yell something to a crew member. And with that singularity update, doing you it, actually have crew members like Jeff was saying, you got people that'll answer you from different stations. It's great. And, and even without a VR headset, being able to not have to worry about, oh, God, what did I map my right. uh, silent running to? People hit silent running and, and they accidentally hit boost instead. I mean, that that's like ha-ha oh, funny story, that. Commander Pancake. Yeah, I know. Everybody hates that. But if you, but if you but if it's a function you don't use very often, just being able to say silent running and it happens without you having to worry about remembering where the key is, that's it's, it's just big. And it's also sort of fun to be able to... Uh, uh, I did it, the project I did with it that took a lot of time, but a lot of fun. Is I what I was able to I was able to navigate my ship prior to us getting auto departure. I was able to navigate my ship with just my voice wow. uh, from from the launch pad off through the slot, and then uh, and then navigate to the next uh, uh, landing zone to where I did was able to hand off to the auto dock computer. No nah, way, that's crazy. touching it with that with. Oh no! no wow. Yeah, I, I did it. Yeah. I, yeah, you it can, was. I tried that. It was, was a project, but I did it. I tried it. I couldn't that, do it. Now, I believe you, Tony, but I couldn't pull it off. I tried. It was just no good. How did you get it to yeah. like? How do you get it if you need to pitch up a little? You know, do you have that. Guy? You just, you just, you just, you do. You, you program, you program uh, 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 custom controls for hard pitch, uh, slow pitch, 
hard right, left right, until you have the you have the three six degrees of freedom. You got the three rotational ones and then the three translational ones, and you just say uh, hard or soft to like a, a long key press or short key press, and then you know uh, you the key presses. I think I had three settings: one for like a tenth of a second, one for a half of a second, one for a full second. Oh, and then yeah, yeah and and t- and the immersion part, you can say things like prepare for launch. And and uh, she'll go through and check all. Uh, I mean, voice packs will go through and check all your transactions and all that stuff. Uh, go through. You'll see your panel screens change, and they'll check everything. Check your systems. Make sure you're fully repaired. And they talk to you uh, through the whole uh, thing, which is cool. Uh, and talk to you through the whole thing, and then you say launch, and um, and then off off your ship goes. Yeah, and then they hand um, off. I love the handoff. That's fantastic. Yeah. It. So it uh, enough. Uh, you know, this is an unpaid commercial. We just like the product. Oh yeah, and buy so, it. Buy uh, it. it. Buy yeah. it. Buy yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good time, and uh, and I, I, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a bear to set up, but I think it's time well spent. And, Very well, uh, time well and spent. And it, uh, it 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 pays off in dividends. Plus, Captain Kirk talks to you, or Mister Data. Yeah, and or well, yeah. Now, now Counselor Troy. Uh, so we have to know I, who's yeah, everybody get, got. Get, Jeff, you have a lot of them. Who have you got, bud? I've got uh, Tom Baker, um, and I've got Who's Midnight, and then I have Legends. I'm not sure. I think I know who Legends is, but I'm, it's classified, so I don't exactly, I can't say for sure. And then I have uh, uh, Brent Spiner um, and William Shatner, and then I have Verity Astra. Verity is the original voice actor for Elite Dangerous, by the way. Right, so it matches. So, so it matches. And then I have another one called Eden. And I have Celeste. Yeah, that's cool. Celeste is also a uh, uh, the one of the new voice official voices for the in Elite too, so you can match that all up. So yeah, no, it's it's great program, a lot of fun, helps with the immersion quite a bit. Uh, so everyone everyone should check that out. Uh, quick update on Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. So there's just been lots more activity. He's doing some press with a uh, an outlet called uh, or uh, single player only. I think he's he's buddies with him or something because there's an article that kind of pops up once a week in the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's talking, doing some uh, interviews, things like saying there won't be that spiffy art package. Uh, that custom painter won't be in console, but it will be on PC. But they're looking into figuring out a way that you can maybe uh, buy or add skins to the console. So uh, people on consoles will be able to get some of that uh, art maybe. Um, but uh, you know, just and just just giving his impressions about stuff and telling people it's coming soon. They're trying very hard. Uh, and basically, every night on the Twitter, he's he does that the little three screen shot of someone putting a shot glass in front of the main character, the main character knocking it back and then slamming the glass back on the back on the bar. So he's 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 it's that it's the last push of a project, trying to get it out the door, staying up late, trying to uh, punch all the uh, items off the list. So good luck, man. Get it out. We're looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next item up would be Star Citizen Alpha 3.6 went to the Wave 2 in the BTU people. So they didn't quite, I mean, I guess technically they might have kind of got close to making it out for Q2 on this. Yeah, close enough that we're not going to hassle them too much about it. So, Well, I, I just got the email today, and I didn't check to see whether I was in that Wave 2 um, testers PTU or not. Um Usually I go on a log in my account and then I'll have the have the uh, the email the, the little yellow um, things to copy my account over. Right. Well, so that that uh, that's their the the roadmap chart uh, shows them 
pretty close to being done as far as uh, the the tickets that were still open for 3.6 to being fully implemented, I guess. Uh, There's still the 3.6 point whatever patch is still going to come out at some point after that. That only has a couple items on it, but looks like they're punching items off and making progress on it, so good on them. The other news that came out is that uh, CitizenCon tickets uh, are going on sale again. They're around two. I don't know that we talked. We talked about it. I think we mentioned it briefly when it actually happened the first time when Wave 1 went out. Uh, but that was about a, a month ago, roughly, uh, that 500 tickets were sold in four lots. And I uh, couldn't find out a price for them, but I had uh, Brian look it up for me. And he said they went for 125 bucks. So this next round is going to start off, I think, the day after this show drops. Yeah, July 17th, two rounds of 175 tickets apiece at uh, uh, six at 1800, 1800 hours Universal time. That's uh, uh, six o'clock in the evening British British ways, and uh, again at 10 o'clock in the evening, approximately British time. Uh, on July 17th. So uh, set your clocks accordingly. I'm assuming they're going to be 125 bucks again. How long is that con? I think it's just a day. It's not two, I thought it was a weekend. Is it just one day? That's a lot for like one day. Yeah, I it, think, might be two, it might be two yeah, days. Two days. It might be two good. days. I think it was two days. I think it's two. It might be two days, actually. Uh, I, th- I think there's only one. There's like one day where they have most of the program. Yeah. But I think that they open up the hall or whatever for the prior day. That price doesn't seem bad to me, I think. That's not, that's not bad. I guess, uh, but what's what I find if, interesting? If Guard Frequency wants to pay for my ticket and my airfare, I, I'd be uh, and my and your hotel, and my hotel, and and your fish and chips bill, yeah, and my and your pub, your pub yes. bill, which would probably be the the, the serious expense. And they've got to fly That'd the chair. The, the main. You're going to need the chair. If you're going to be interviewing yeah, that's right. people, you need your chair. You need your chair. Yep. That's uh, so, a and that we have to send that by Royal Mail, and it would never get yep. there. Unless we put macaroni and cheese in the box with it, then they'd open it up, take the macaroni and cheese, and let the chair go right through. I think that's how they work there at the Royal Mail. So, uh, so but the last bit, um, we, there's a little bit of discussion on the Guard Frequency Discord about uh, these. The doing it in waves kind of gives the impression of sort of making uh, an artificial scarcity. You know, get it while it's hot. Oh my God, you know, and 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 selling it in, selling it in limited lots as uh, is, is a way to drive demand. Possibly that could be true if we saw a ticket price increase. In this next round, um, and so that I mean, I'll, I'll give credence to that theory if we see a ticket price change, uh, but I don't anticipate that. It looks to me, because I looked this up, it looks to me like maybe they're trying to dial in the size of the venue because the hall that they say they're going to have it at has a lot of like configurable rooms, so it looks like you can have uh, uh, you can get halls and rooms that can scale. So if you have 800 people uh, with tickets, you can put them in this theater. And if you have 1,200 people with tickets, you can hook this these two convention rooms together and have enough seats for that. So it seems to me like it could be what they're doing is sort of trying to dial in um, the size of the hall that they need. And then, of course, the closer you get in time to an event, the more people's schedules firm up and they'll know that, yes, I can go, no, I can't, or whatever. But one thing they are doing that I'll – that I think is kind of strange is that it's one ticket per person. Yeah. That, Usually you can do a plus one. Yeah, what if you want to take a friend? I mean, that's weird. It looks like it is one day event, by the way. Oh, it is a one day? Okay. Uh, all right, so 125 bones, apparently. We don't know. We'll have to see what the price actually is when these things actually go on sale. Um, 
then so we'll we'll see that and then um, uh, I, I, I think people are gonna miss the plus one but maybe it was abused somehow or I don't know or they're trying to keep the you know they're trying to keep the attendance a little more concrete uh, so that could be something else too because they're trying to dial in the venue but we'll see Anyway, so Jeff, what was the thing you wanted oh, to Oh, a little news about subscribers. Uh, Dear Druid, uh, we have exciting news about your subscriber flair. Starting today, you get a unique offering that varies each month. It could be a standalone one piece, a collection of items, or something unexpected. Whatever it is, if it consists of multiple parts, it will no longer be broken up into separate pieces. So, uh, before, like, uh, I have all the armor sets, right? But they were giving out one piece of armor per month for subscriber flair, and people were going, oh, come on, this is ridiculous. You know, uh, the undersuit, the leg armor, the, the arm armor, the torso what? armor. It makes no it's sense. It's like every MMO ever. Uh, and so... No, it's like every MMO ever. You you, you, you kill a guy, you take I, his boots, I, then you kill the next guy, and you take his, his arm That's thing. not what was personally, happening, though, Tony. Then you could kill more people and get more stuff. What Jeff's saying is they were just giving it to you every week or something. Uh, every month. Yeah, every month, which is way too long yeah, to wait for another you, shoe you, when you have the right one. No, 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 no. You pay your 10 bucks, you get the arm, you get the chest piece. You pay another 10 bucks, you get the helmet. You pay another 10 bucks, you get well, the shoe. But that's not that's, why we're subscribing us for the flair. Yes, it is. And, anyway, <laughs> I had no issue with the with the way they were giving uh, flair out. Uh, I promised I wouldn't bag on them too much. But uh, but this is exciting news that, that, you know, like if there's another armor set out there, which they probably will never do because, uh, you know, they'd have to give the whole uh, complete set now, according to this. Oh. Um, They'll do it. Uh, but, yeah, they're uh, – so it, it, now if an item if – if it's as a set, it, you'll get it all that month. Well, very exciting. You can have a new set of clothes for your guy. It is cool, Tony. It is exciting. It's neat. And it's an upgrade because they're they're giving it to us all at once now. That's cool. He's so not excited. Okay. Look, nothing moves me. Yay! Nothing moves Tony. This is my excited face. <laughs> also, that we get to fly the six hundred I. The warden heads to the horizon, and uh, jump, of course, new jump point. So, that's it on the subscriber front. And finally, I've saved this for last because there's just a lot of it. Well more than usual of it, uh, we have Elite Dangerous news coming out of uh, LaveCon. So, this is surprising, you know. Yeah. Surprising that there's news? Yeah, surprising that there's news. Oh. Well, I mean, we knew LaveCon was coming because we gave everybody the public service announcement that you should wear clothes to it. So, I mean... Uh, well, I at least we, pants. At least pants. I mean, yes. I mean, for decency's sake, at least wear, wear pants. Uh, I, I have no reports to the contrary. Unlike so. what we do around here when right. we don't the wear pants. <laughs> podcast convention. I mean, we should probably cover it again before CitizenCon, but podcast pants pants are re- recommended, uh, uh, but, uh, but maybe not required. Um, but conventions definitely, I think, required. Uh, so, uh, but they did have, I think... Maybe I think three big pieces of news that kind of came out there. Uh, one of them is the announcement of fleet carriers, and that's all we got was that they are a thing. Yeah, I was really really excited about that though. I don't know why, but I was. I was it excited looks the cool. first time. I was yeah. excited when and we then- were getting them before. So now I kind of feel like show it to me, Hello Games. I mean, uh, Frontier. Front, yeah, the other British. 
company, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, but all they showed was a was a teaser trailer. Uh, you know, big impressive ship, but it no was details. a cool looking ship. It was a cool there looking ship. There were some details. There were some details. Apparently, we're going to be able to the squadron leader or whoever has high enough rank will be able to choose the course. They're not going to jump on Thursdays. They're going to jump when we tell them. And that's good. That's going to be great. The problem I have with it is the jumps that these ships can make are not that much further than our regular ships. I mean, it's 500 light years, I think, which is far, but that doesn't save a lot of time because what's 500 light years in my ass? It's like nothing, you know? So I don't know. I feel like it needs to have a better jump, jump range. I feel like we should be able to jump them all over the place, but they should have to cool down for maybe a day. That would be cool. Uh, I see your point, but I think that the point of these carriers is going to be a a base, number one, and number two, a time and resource sink, right? And they're going to be something to do. When you say a base, could you imagine... Guard frequency having a squadron, and then somebody else that wants to get their asses kicked having a squadron, and then we could jump our carriers close and have like a battle there. Is no. that something that we're considering? No. Probably not. It's going to no. be like the carrier will be an instance. There will be another, no- never be another carrier in the instance. It won't be a scene for us to have any kind of battles unless there are missions based around it in some way. Um, like I'd imagine a jump that ends in a Thargoid attack like we had with the Gnosis. That would be really cool if it could randomly happen. That would be cool. But I think it's probably going to be more along the lines of if you if your ship jumps into a system that has certain features, the mission generator will give you those appropriate missions. Like you jump where there's space pumpkins, it'll be scant space pumpkins. You jump into that a system cool. that has black hole, it'll be uh, uh, you know run some tourists out there or something like that. I, that would be, and see, and, but that would be fine then, because then you could, you know, you could kind of uh, do bucket lists for your squadron people, right? Like, yeah. I want to see space pumpkins, or I want to see, uh, you know, a volcano volcano vents, or whatever they are. But so see, to me, that. with five hundred light years jump range, you don't really open up enough to make it awesome for players. Like, could you imagine taking the squadron on a trip to Colonia that only takes days instead of a week? You know. Um, and just take moving your great. whole squadron at once. Not jumping all the way there. I'd like to see it jump a couple of times and maybe even need to re-up resources on the way. Maybe you need to mine something and dump something as a community goal to get a jump. Yeah, wasn't that part of the concept, though, is that once you gather enough resources, you could jump? Wasn't that, that part of the great. concept? That would be great, because I'd love I, to see ships get stranded. I'd love to see them need help. Um, yeah, I'm willing to be wrong on that, but I think that's part of the design concept, is that you have to gather enough of something. Yeah, wouldn't that be great for the fuel rats to have to equip for uh, carrying things out to carriers? Like, they'd have to have some Type 9s, a Type 10s, and, and be able to haul a lot of cargo. To uh, yeah, I think that'd in. be cool. That would be great. That would be great. That'd be, that'd be, that would be pretty cool. All right, so so carriers are going to come in December. Um, they promise more details when uh, as the time gets closer, so we have plenty of time to speculate and uh, love the game we're building uh, as we decide what features that we would like to have on them. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm going to kind of wait until um, I hear more about what carriers. I I, I know some things I'd like to see. Um, I'm afraid that um, you know there's already multi billionaires in in this uh, verse, and I I don't think uh, you know they're going to be priced out of reach. And uh, I there, you know, can you can you pilot them by yourselves? Do you need a crew? Uh, do you you know, is there an operating cost b- besides the resources of jumping? 
um, you know, that those are kinds of things I, I, I would like to wait, hear some more of uh, uh, what uh, their plans are before I yay or nay, this, you know, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I kind of wonder if this is going to open the doors to a whole lot of squadrons of one. Um, because you'll have people that want to have their own carrier, and then they'll be restricted from other from joining another squadron. Um, and Star Trek Online, when Starbases came out, there were a lot of fleets of one that ended up with Starbase. And obviously they couldn't do much with them, but then once they had assets, they end up staying in a fleet of one. Um, and I think it, you got to be careful about that. I wonder if it would be better to let you join a squad more than one, maybe. Is this a squad only thing, though? Yeah, you have to be in a squadron in order to have a carrier, I think. Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure because they said people with high enough squadron rank would be able to choose the jumps. So you'd have to be in a squadron for that to happen. So I feel like it might be restrictive only having one squadron, but maybe that makes sense. Maybe that's the point. And and, uh, what about ship storage? uh, uh, Do we get to store more than one per squadron member or... Are we going to, uh, can we log into the uh, carrier? I mean, these are all things, these are all I have questions about. I just don't know the answers on, so I really, it's hard to say if this is good or not. We have four or five months to argue about it, so that's that's good. But we have a couple more things to cover here. One, The second one is pretty straightforward. They are further revamping the uh, the tutorial, the intro, the onboarding system. Uh, to be fully voice acted and uh, uh, a little more mm, handholdy, even more handholdy than it used to be, which I think is a really good idea. Will it be voice acted by Celeste? <laughs> Don't, you'll have to ask. Well, that's effect- that's a good question, Jeff. We will have to ask. Um, but they they are going to add more to it, uh, and I think that that's very good, especially if they're anticipating getting a lot of new people in when they finally update the game in a major way in 2020 so having that extra tutorial um, is going to be very helpful i think so Uh, but look for that in september they're going to have that in september the other change coming in september is one that i do want to spend a little time talking about because i think it has uh, implications uh, and henry chatted with me a little bit about this off the air um, is the introduction of another currency what is this long-time listeners of guard frequency will know this is a bit of a hobby of mine ranting and raving about alternative uh, currencies yes. and, and, and markers. And this is one area where I agree with Tony on. Tokens. Do we need your soapbox, Tony, or are you going to be all right? You know what? Mikey, can you find my soapbox? Will you blow some dust off of this a little bit? Yeah, yeah, there, there it is. Just, yeah, blow the dust off and... Yeah, okay, okay, good, good, good. Is, it, is, is this thing on? I hear okay, you, buddy. Good. Yep. Okay, good, good. So every game at some point I think in order to be a sort of viable has got to embrace microtransactions of some kind. Elite's already done that, but they have, in my view, done very well restricting it to merely cosmetic items. This new currency called ARCs is going to be a uh, time-based currency because it's going to be tied to gameplay that you can earn and then use that and turn around and purchase the cosmetic items that are in the store. They're going so far as to break up the current bundles so that where you might have to pay 6 or $10 for a paint pack, whatever that is now, to get six paint jobs, they're going to break that down for you. So you only if there's just one paint job that you want out of that pack, just buy the one. That's a good thing. I mean, these are good changes. The microtransactions are going to call are, are going to be shrunk down to pico transactions, like incy beatsy little transactions even. Nano transactions. 
nanotransactions. And so the the I was saying pico because it rhymes with micro. It's, uh, it's kind of the same. So I just think yeah. people would hear nano and get it more. But I'm well, stupid, so. This is my soapbox. What are you doing? Get your own soapbox. I just wanted <laughs> so, to talk and say words. Uh, okay, all right. I guess I guess that's true. I do talk and say a lot of words. But anyway, so uh, that those are all those are all good things. But what uh, it almost inevitably it almost inevitably turns into a pay to win thing. Now they specifically said in their fact in their frequently asked questions, they specifically said this is not the beginning of a pay to win scenario. They said that, but I have a hard time pushing that statement out much farther than the release of the new update in 2020. I mean, it may not be that way now, but if what the rumors we've heard and that that leak is true, it's going to be a first-person shooter type situation. It's going to be a base-building type situation. Both of those game genres, you know, first-persons on the on the uh, consoles uh, and, and PCs and uh, base-building type stuff on mobile things, both of those are just ripe for micro- Pico transactions for cooldowns, for power ups, for all that type stuff. Uh, so I, 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 I have a suspicion that based on all the track records of all the other games that I know about, that this is the beginning of some kind of of currency type situation, time based currency connected to cooldowns, and possibly later with the new release to power ups. The only thing that dictates against that conclusion is the fact that Frontier has a pretty good track record of not doing that. That's pretty strong. And to me, that's kind of strong. I mean, they yeah. haven't they haven't done that so far. And they've had a lot of opportunity to do it, and they've never have. So I'm willing to hold my cynicism in abeyance for the moment. Uh, but I, it may be inevitable. I know that they wanted to bring the, the console games, which are already earning um, Frontier points. Right. Uh, in line with the rest of the with the rest of the store, and I don't think they could have done this in a good way uh, without creating this um, uh, secondary, um, currency. secondary currency. Yeah. But to that, I say bollocks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, the the console players get out of here. You know oh, uh, now, Jeff. Okay. Now, now. All right. I, now, that now. Was a little, that was a little harsh, I know, I know. But uh, uh, seriously. Come, come, Mr. My Jeff. P- Young minds, fresh my, ideas, be tolerant. Leave my PC games alone. Really? Come on. Might well, as well play it with a, a Steam controller uh, and pretend it's not even a sim. Oh, hush your mouth. <laughs> so, uh, to Jeff's point, though, about merging with the Frontier points that are currently on console, the a couple other changes are coming are, are that you won't be able to directly buy items from the website anymore because right now I can punch in my credit card number or PayPal account and buy stuff with money from the Frontier store. Now it's going to be you buy these ARCs currents points or whatever in packs like a $10 gift certificate or a 15 pound whatever and then you have that that currency in your account and then you can buy the stuff. That's just gift card economics and you know companies love that because you don't pay them a buck 75 and they have to eat whatever transactions cost their credit card processor or PayPal charges them for it and then you buy that one thing and then you go away oh no you have to buy ten dollars worth or whatever and so they got that ten bucks the transactions costs go down as a percentage of the money that changed hands uh, and that makes it more profitable for them to, to run that so I I get that from a business standpoint it makes a lot of sense for them to go to a more of a gift card model uh, but the problem is you can no longer gift the gift card. 
like what we frequently do with, with at Guard Frequency is that if you're a member of our squadron, you've helped us out and you're, you're contributing to our games and all that kind of stuff, I'll buy you lasers. I'll buy you some purple lasers so that when we're in a scrum, I can always tell who's who's shooting, right? I can so that anybody who's flying in our in our wing will know that's that's friendly fire, you know. Uh, so watch out for that. Um, but I won't be able to do that anymore after the September update where they do the arcs. Uh, you can only buy arcs from. Uh, you can't gift arcs to anybody, and you can't gift items you buy with arcs to anybody. So. I don't like that too much. I don't like I that don't either. either. I would like to say I had thought about what you were talking about with uh, them making it so that instead of buying a dollar seventy-five transaction, you buy ten bucks, and then you can buy more dollar seventy-five transactions later or whatever. I get your point there. I hadn't thought about the fact that they save a lot on transactions that way. It seems like a way initially that they're just making it cost more to buy anything because now you have to buy more money all at once. But you're right about transactions. I can understand the business sense, and I hadn't considered that. So there's a logical reason for them to do it that probably makes a lot of sense when you have tiny transactions like exactly. a few bucks. Yeah. So I can't yeah. really argue with that anymore. Like, I understand that from a business standpoint. So I, I can't really argue that anymore. That was the problem I had with it. And Frontier's been so good about not pay to win up till now, and they've had that cash store. I don't expect them to deviate. You know, it's like I, you like said, I, they got a it, good track record. They've got a good track record, but it's just that this is this every time. I mean, this is like this is like the necessary precursor to doing all the stuff that comes with lockboxes or surprise mechanics or power ups or cooldowns. Cooldown. See, and and the cooldowns is where I really think it's where it's going to be at because it's that cooldowns aren't pay to win. It's pay to play again faster than what you would be doing. They didn't say they weren't going to do that. And so, especially on a base building type thing, as it's been rumored to be, I, I think that their their conscience might extend or stretch enough to say that that might be okay. Because uh, it's a commonly accepted tool on mobile. You know, I mean, Jeff, you play that Starfleet Commander or whatever game on, yeah. on the Android. A lot of that's tied to cooldown stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of it's tied to... Uh, microtransactions too, so it's a scary little thing to get addicted to. So, but and again, but and again, what they're saying is that with the arcs, you'll earn, you can earn it in game, so you don't have to pay for it, right? And right. you'll be you'll be earning it as you as you play. They say they don't, we don't want you, anybody to change their play style. We're going to give you arcs for just doing what you're doing, but that could also mean that they give bonuses for doing what they would like you to do. They can incentivize certain types of gameplay by upping the arcs reward for certain things, and especially on the new game mechanic, if they get the first-person shooter in the base building, they can incentivize current players and new players to go do that stuff and give you more arcs, or especially if they're going to have mechanics in the new uh, game stuff that are cooldown-based, Doing that type of play will let you run the cooldowns faster, or doing space stuff might make it slower, or they might want to invert that. They might want people who are playing the first-person shooter game to try the space flight stuff, so they'll swap that. There's a lot of opportunity here to drive gameplay to certain places uh, if with, with the introduction of a time currency. I can't see them not doing it. That's what I'm saying. It's just you don't go to the trouble and the expense and the cost of this to not do it. But if you're saving those transaction fees and getting more money every time you get a transaction, do you think they would need to go that far? Do you think a decent company could Maybe be satisfied? Maybe they don't. 
maybe, maybe they, they don't. don't. So let's see what happens. I want to give them credit. <laughs> Honestly, I want to see. I want to give them credit. They, I want to see it happen. Their it's, cash it store is, is the best in any game. There's no weapons in the, there. Yeah, yeah. It's the one thing their track record. I mean, it it it's the only sort of counterweight to my analysis, but it's a huge counterweight. They just they've had plenty of opportunity to do this before, and they just haven't. So. I, I, perhaps against my better judgment, and I, I maybe I have, don't have enough cynicism right now because it's summertime and it's sunny out and everything. I don't hmm. know. I'm, I'm just all I'm all puppies and rainbows these days. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt till I see till I see things happen a little more. But I would love to be I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong about this, and I, I have the strongest feeling that I might be wrong about this than, than any other game company. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, those are the three big announcements that came out. They're going to have a Discovery Scanner episode on YouTube uh, that's going to cover some more of the background sim changes that came out. So Acrosi uh, and Werichill will definitely want to tune in for that coming up. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But other than that, unless you boys have anything else. There are Thargoids missing. There are Thargoids missing. I yeah, the Thargoids seem to have retreated. There's a news article about it, and they've been uh, absent from most of human-occupied space. So just Maya and Marope left, interestingly. Yeah, yeah, and and that's actually, and it, we, people are speculating that it's tied to the Interstellar Initiative, so that will be the biggest in-game change based on the narrative in a long time. Uh, that's a pretty substantial change based on this, this on narrative mechanics, but I don't think it's going to last. I mean, I, is it I think they turned it has off the to switch. do with changes in the background sim because those attacks initially were happening too much and were impossible to defeat and restore stations. And they're working on the background sim. I wonder if they're going to try something different with the Thargoid attack instead. Because they did mention a change of tactics. And with us getting carriers, maybe the tactics will be attacks on those carriers like they did for the Gnosis. That was a much more engaging gameplay scenario. It was. It well, truly was. Don't, I think they're trying to also promote this Guardian thing, too. So Yeah. Uh, also, well, yeah, you know, it's... hyperdictions could make a return. That was a thing before, and it didn't really happen much, but there was not... They would leave. Now we're equipped to fight them. So now a hyperdiction could just be an interesting thing for an explorer. Well, I, like I said, I, th- I think it's... Their whole point of those things were going to be... It's a mechanic they wanted to mess with and exploit mechanics that were already in the game. I think just turning the switch off and turning it back on again is probably about as complicated or weird as they'd want to get. Maybe. Uh, I don't think... I, 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 th- I think, I mean, it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be like a minimal impact uh, 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 strategy for doing this. And I think turning it off and turning it back on again is probably most most likely what's going to happen. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, and did you want to talk about your, your spiffy? Oh, man, I have a new game. I have a game have that game? is driving me nuts. I've been playing it for two weeks now. It's free. It's not even new. It's called Cosmeteer. You can get it at Cosmeteer.net. It's uh, if you like Avorion and you're building those ships in 3D with blocks, this is a 2D kind of version, but the gameplay blows Avorion away. It's very strategic. It's top down. You have to build uh, your ship with um, engines and put them in the right place. All the stuff, the, the usual trope for space building games. Um, yeah. But your crew is actually moving around, doing things, moving power from one place to another, manning weapons. And uh, the battles get really intense with bigger ships. I'm having a ball with it. I think it kind of blows Avorion away, and I really like Avorion. So mm-hmm. if that's the kind of cool. thing, it's not really a sim, but if space building and space battles are a lot of fun for you, check it out. It's free. You can't go wrong. Cosmo Tier. Cosmo Tier. Fantastic okay. game. All right. Well, 
I'll, I'll probably check it out then. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC Time Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. The Thorgoids are gone. Honestly, that's all I have. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace in the Pleiades sector. Thanks, Spencer. The Thorgoid invasion has taken a sudden hiatus. For reasons no one can explain, the mysterious flower ships have abandoned most of human-occupied space. With the notable exception of the Maya and Merope systems here in the Pleiades, virtually every Thargoid ship has simply vanished. The Eagle Eye Network, set up by the Aegis Group and monitored by independent organizations like Canon and the Anti-Xeno Initiative, reports no activity at any of the six satellites. While no new stations appear threatened at this time, dozens of starports are still struggling to come back online. Most observers believe that there is a link between the sudden drop in production of the unusual meta-alloy substance from the barnacle structures scattered throughout space and the Thargoid's disappearance. However, Admiral Aidan Tanner, chief military liaison for Aegis, told the media, quote, Our theory is that the Thargoids have retreated due to our defense operations depleting their numbers. Then again, they may simply be reconsidering their strategy. Either way, Aegis will continue to monitor the situation. End quote. Regardless of whether the withdrawal was for logistical reasons or tactical ones, human industry still requires significant amounts of meta-alloys for its needs. Fortunately, Aegis researcher Professor Alba Tezro has a plan for that. Quote, Having analyzed large amounts of exploration data graciously provided by the galactic community, we can confirm that the Witchhead Nebula contains enough barnacle sites to meet the demand for meta-alloys. I am confident that these sites will offer a suitable alternative to the exhausted barnacles in the Pleiades Nebula. End quote. Commentators immediately pointed to the permit-locked Call 70 sector in the same galactic neighborhood as the Witchhead Nebula as another odd coincidence in the already confusing sequence. Naturally, the Empire, Alliance, and Federation have all launched campaigns to build gathering and refining operations as soon as possible. Are the Thargoids running from the bubble, tired and hungry? Or are they gathering their forces in preparation for a new offensive? From the Pleiades sector, for Galactic Public Radio... I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Federal officials are warning of a new public narcotic menace facing the galaxy. FIA executive agent Viola Trask told the media that the notorious Red Family Cartel, under the direction of its leader, Oberon Church, is preparing to distribute a designer drug, genetically engineered to be extremely addictive. This information is considered highly credible as it comes from Jan Sandoval, Church's former lieutenant. Sandoval herself, a victim of attempted assassination while in federal custody, told investigators that her attempts to dissuade Church were unsuccessful. Agent Trask told GPR, quote, It is clear that such a narcotic would ruin billions of lives throughout federal space. Sandoval sees herself as a businesswoman, not a mass murderer. Such an operation is incompatible with her principles, end quote. 
GPR requested details on the narcotic, asking if the drug in question was a combination of bitoxanine and combat stabilizers, known by the street name Blue Stabilizer. The FIA did not respond before the broadcast. Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Response has been awarded management contract for Peter's Terminal and the Badejo system, beating up independent Badejo labor in the election last week. With that contract, GFR is now responsible for system security and traffic control. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, We will certainly strive to live up to the trust the citizens of Badejo have placed in us. We look forward to working with the management of South Kruger Corporation to ensure that their headquarters facilities enjoy safe and productive access to the trade lanes of the galaxy. End quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Some say it's completely clear who stole his glass window made of French bread, and that, in fact, it's painstakingly obvious. But all I know is he's called the shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. I guess I should have pronounced it pan, pawnstakingly. How do you say bread in French? Pawn, right? Pawnstakingly. I thought it was pains like window pains. I didn't get it, any of it, so that's okay. Yeah. I got it. Someone stole glass, and it was pain, and they took it. So painstakingly, I get it. I don't know if I understand the French bread. Yeah, no, the French bread thing was completely unnecessary. He could have just gone with painstakingly, but but spelled it P-A-N-E-S. I've decided we're just not on his level to, un- like, we, we're looking for lower brow humor, and we're just not on Shiv's level. So I'm going to get on to the week before last community question. What story should we insert into Frontier's timeline in Elite Dangerous? And are you now or have you ever played video games on a Mac? What are you doing July 4th? Want to play Elite with us? And I did. Ken from Chicago writes in, At Guard Freak takes a week off, Hashtag Star Citizen just released Alpha 3.6 to Evocati, and Elite Dangerous is on Super Cruise until 2020. Starbase is just starting out. Other space sims are chugging along. Time to kick back, relax, and enjoy some barbecue. When boom! Uh, and then there's a rocket and a smiley face. With the Distant Worlds 2 journey complete, except those still logged out there in the deep black of outer space, might you get the research badges to gather intel for a report on it and its homecoming. Maybe even do a series about the journey as a whole. Maybe featuring the Elite Dangerous Commanders, prep work for Distant Worlds 2 Expedition, the launch, major waypoints, events, arrival, and homecoming. And if it was reported by Galactic Public Radio's Spencer McDunn and Smooth Furnace, even better. Last time, while lauding his ambitious and creative vision, Team Guard Freak had issues, critiques, grievances regarding Chris Roberts' management style of Star Citizen, CIG, and felt it behooved to step down as CEO to be Vice President of Creative. That had used his strengths most ex- effectively, ostensibly. I disagree. I don't think we wanted him to step down. I did. Definitely somebody needs to take over and, and be the 
taskmaster and the scheduler and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, as long as the creative force remains there. Yeah, I mean that's his that's his strength. Because we'd have none of it without him. Even the stuff that's over bloated and all that stuff, we'd have none of it. The fact that he got a lot of people to donate money means that everyone agrees with him that this is the sort of game that would be cool. It's just that cramming that broad vision into something that's practicable and deliverable, it takes talents and some skills that I don't think are his strengths. And he should find somebody that does that sort of thing and hire him, put him in charge. He needs to be chairman of the board or whatever, but the day-to-day management of the thing needs to be handed to somebody with some the chops to do that. It's not, it's just, he's, it's not where his strengths are. Uh, and it sounds to me like Ken wants us to do a Ken Burns Civil War docudrama about Distant World. My dearest Annabelle, I have gathered 48 tons of hydrogen fuel in my cargo hold <laughs> to tide me over in the deep black. I send word to you as I can, although the messenger services are very slow out here in the cold darkness of space. My, your ever-loving husband, Gerald. I mean, I think that uh, I, you know, that's I think that's what he's looking for there. But I think that what I just did right there, that might be all we could. We could actually, you know, what we could do. We, could, we can see if somebody wants to come on the show and just kind of give us a, the story of it. I can't say they're going to do a great accent like I did. <laughs> I mean, I kind of doubt it. But maybe. I, mean, you never I know. stayed with Distant Worlds for the first two and then split off because I just wanted to go explore and I was tired of like waiting for waypoints and stuff. So I maybe lost interest in the whole journey. It got me out there and back to way deep space exploring. I haven't been back to the bubble since it left. It was a big thing. I mean, it was 14, I think it was 13 to 14,000 pilots left. And the final count was 3,500 pilots or so got to the Beagle Point. And that's amazing. That's that's a lot. That's, I mean, that's a lot of players to do one thing for a, a, you know, a months-long exercise. That's a lot. Yeah. So kudos to those guys. And I don't think there was sort of a mass return. I don't think that was in the cards. I think everyone's just sort of coming home as they can. Some people probably go into Colonia. Some people come to the bubble, whatever. I don't think that the return was uh, going to be an organizing. I think some people probably just self-destructed out there. Probably, <laughs> you know, if they didn't dock, if they didn't dock, they just they might have just uh, suicided out there to jump back to the. Bubble, are there but, stations on the uh, way to Beagle? There are stations on the way to Colonia now, but I don't think there are stations all the way out there, even like distant ones. Once you pass Colonia. Well, one of the news items I cut, because we try to just do three stories every week, a local one and then two stories for GPR. One of the ones I cut was about a, a station for a Distant Worlds 2 station. So I think there may be something out there now or something on the way. We'd, I'd have to go back and double check. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know it was it was a huge thing, a huge endeavor, a big organizational effort on the part of the people that put it together. Uh, the rumor might have been that some of the Thargoid stuff was held off. Some of these Thargoid changes was were held off because there's so many players were out doing Distant Worlds. That rumor may be true because a lot of the player base was out there. And I know from the weekly Thargoid report, um, there you know when, before Distant Worlds started, there were a lot of people defending against those Thargoid uh, incursions. And then when Distant World 2 left, those weren't as well defended anymore. So it, it probably took a major part of the player base out there. So happy to have them all back just in time to see all the meta alloys and the Thargoids disappear. You're welcome. There are meta alloys in the Witch Head. Yes, there are now. Uh, Sean Newboy says, awesome show, everyone. Mikey writes in and says, I cut my gaming teeth on Chuck Yeager's Air Combat on the Apple 2GS. Hashtag memories. That's cool. Apple 2GS. That is some nerd cred right there. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I remember my 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 programming of Star Trek. Oh when man, I was 15 you got more nerd cred. <laughs> I bow to you. Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah. touch my I, first I computer like that was mine till I was eighteen. I played that as a kid at an uncle's house, so I, I didn't have access to all that cool stuff. You totally an uber nerd. 
Alec Turner writes in and says, I popped back in here with some Elite Dangerous news. You folks wanted some, right? Drum roll. The Buckyball Racing Club are back. We have a new race running from the 13th to the 21st of July, 3305. Wink, wink. The race is called Seven Sisters Speedway, and all the information about it can be found in the official forum thread over here. And he has a link, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, If I'm not now persona non grata, then could we please get a shout out on the show for this? Why would he ever be personal? We love you, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Did he say something mean to us? I think yeah. we tell never, him we he don't. Would never. We say we're not gonna promote your stuff here. We're not gonna. Oh, give that's the right. Details. We did tell him that last. Week. Those yeah, were jokes. Right. We that's love right. what you do. Yeah. yeah, but we're still not talking about <laughs> that's this right. one. He's guy. like, yeah, yeah. No, we're not talking about. It. Yeah, okay. that's <laughs> right. I remember that now. Uh, I really want to try to publicize this one quite heavily, quite heavily because it's been a while, and I reckon the galaxy could really do with a new Buckyball race about now. If only more people knew about us. Well, we'll do our bit. Alec Turner, friend of the show. You know, this is that emergent gameplay, right? You know, the people doing stuff, making up events, uh, even if the, the game company doesn't. Much like the Distant Worlds thing, it's the effort of commanders to put the extra time and energy in to getting people to go to one place for a certain time to do a special thing, and then they uh, judge it or rate it or organize it and have results, and then they come back and do it again. So good on you, Alec Turner, and hopefully um, this message will reach people in time to get out there before the 21st to uh, run in the Seven Sisters Speedway. Wartherspoon writes in and says, I quote, Your Honor, can you balance velocity against overshot and explosion skillfully enough to earn the lowest adjusted time and claim the Kamikaze Cup? I object. Overruled. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. Good enough then. Rebel writes in, show feedback. Thanks for the show, commanders. Tony is still wrong. And then that looks like a stick your tongue out emoji to me. Yeah, it's a sticky out tongue face. It sure is. That's fine. You didn't put a hashtag on it, though, so that's good. So the only thing in general feedback is my own comment. So next Friday when we do our show is my birthday. Congratulations. Yes, that's right. Happy birthday. One of our staffers uh, slash listeners, first verse, is gifted me with Overload. Oh, Overload, yeah. Very cool. I've been playing a lot of that. That is so highly addictive. I can't. Oh, my God. Boy, you know what would be great is if we could get Descent Underground out, too, to go along with that. I know, right? That'd be neat. Yeah, that would be neat. My thanks to First Verse for his gift, and I wanted to make it publicly known that I appreciate it. And we should always remember that, too, because that's the Apollo Day. That's, That's the moon landing day. Well, the day before. I just turned eight years old. It was the most exciting birthday I've ever, ever had because... I knew they were in space and I knew they were circling the moon and I knew they were going to land the next day and I just told everybody I didn't want a birthday until tomorrow. So yeah, they landed on the moon on July 20th and my birthday was the 19th. So it was like the coolest thing ever. Did you get to watch it? uh, You got to watch it land live then? That's amazing, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walter Cronkite and, and the moon landing, you betcha, man. There, there's nothing like that in the world. That's, That's cool. awesome. And you conspiracy theorists? Yeah, I've met Buzz Aldrin. Not like met him, but I was at an event. He was out. At, he doesn't like that at all. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't like the idea no. that it's conspiracy theory and it's BS. And I'll tell you what, he is very, very advanced in age, but still a tough-looking dude. And I've seen a YouTube video where he punched a guy over saying he didn't go. That was like 10 or 15 years ago, but... I saw him two years ago, and he still looks like a badass old man. He still looks like he's ready to go to the moon. And honestly, those guys, it's not just them. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, I walked on the moon, I'm a big, tough guy. But think of the thousands of people that devoted thousands and, uh, you know, probably literally, literally millions of man hours of work on that project and to call all that fake like 
all that work you guys did on the, the pipes and the launch pads and the recovery vehicles and the Navy ships that dragged them out of the ocean and all those people did all that work. And to call that fake, like, uh, no, it's just dumb. It's just ahistorical and it's just insulting to all the thousands of people that worked to, to work together to make that happen. But rather than do a space history lesson right now, I'll tell us uh, this week's community question. Are the Thargoids gone for good, or are they just waiting for the end of the Interstellar Initiative? Are you buying your CitizenCon tickets this week? And otherwise, how was the show? Should we sell waves of tickets to FreakCon 2019? Or should we just launch a time currency and sell cooldowns? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that'll bring us to the end of episode 267 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 268 on July 23rd, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Silvery Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. This is Tony, intro, sync one. This is Jeff, intro, sync two. This is Henry, and this is my natural color, sync three. Natural color for everybody in three, two. If you like what you hear, you just... <clears throat> if you like what you hear, you can... Con- Why can uh, I... That. Just you, just, just you wait, mister. I'll wait. Okay, good. I, I don't want to see your cat's... I'm sorry. Cat's yeah. ass. Um, where they do missions. Okay. Number no. one. Number one. The cat <laughs> no, butt is two. a little much. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's number two. All right. It's number two is what it is. Okay. But, Come on. but the, the other thing oh is. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Leave okay. her alone. I love her, and she's old. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I was going to let it go. The show must go on, and all that. Right. 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 I was being right, professional. But, but, the first time I was gonna, the first time to be honest, the first time I was gonna, I was gonna scold Jeff. I was gonna be like, just let it go, man. But then the cat came back and put the put and did it yes. right. Did it right. Yeah, I mean, it was like, or, yeah. it was it was it was a shock. I mean, it was it was it was it was a it was it was flagrant. It was belligerent. Okay, are we gonna the get trouble on Twitch? We're showing yes. buttholes. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, we are. Some some bot is gonna scan that and gonna go. That's not allowed on our terms of service, and we're gonna—they're gonna delete our whole channel. She'll be pissed. What are you doing, July Fourth? Want to play Elite with us? And I did. And that's last week. No, no, no. That was week. Want to play Fourth? Yeah. Want to play on the Fourth? Yeah. So we yeah. probably. Oh yeah. We had fun. I yeah. You're reading last week's questions. I'm an idiot. Right. I'm, I thought right. I was like, that's not well, we this week's question, guy. Man, we we can cut that part so you don't have to say you're an idiot on the recorded I am an show. Idiot. The people Keep on the live stream know and intro. the Patreon. <laughs> My dad's turning green, like really green. The co-host is an idiot, like a big idiot. <laughs> New intro, everybody. New intro. Well, it'll now be so. Uh, uh, it'll be like me saying Hitler. That'll be taken right out. It'll be put in there. 
Astra, do a barrel roll, please. <laughs> 